Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jay Cross, you watch a lot of YouTube. I do watch a lot of YouTube. Do you know the future of guitar demos on YouTube? That's something that's very interesting and very close to my heart because um, I expect that in the future I will like guitar demos and I would like to be able to watch them. If you like the future and guitars and YouTube, you should go to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds because this week on our extra bonus Patreon episode, we're talking about the future of guitar demo videos on YouTube. We covered quite a lot of stuff, didn't we? We did. We also covered maybe what would happen if we stopped using YouTube. And I don't mean we as in guitar nerds. I mean we as in people who are... I mean guitar nerds, little g, little n. Just people who are... Not guitar nerds limited. Guitar nerds... Limited guitar nerds. Limited. We are limited guitar nerds. We're extremely limited. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Where from as little as $1 a month, you can support the podcast. $1 a month gets you access to the regular episode ad free and early, so you won't hear any of this. $5 a month gets you the regular episode ad free and early, plus an extra half an hour of Patreon content every week, plus access to the mini series we run, like Joe Branton's Branton's Ranton, plus all the interviews that we do, uh, looking about between 80 to 90 hours of content um, at that price point. At $10 a month, you get all that, plus you get your name read out as an extra special Patreon backer on the regular episode. This tier is sold out at the moment, but do go over there because sometimes spaces do open up. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Say those words again now. That bass is absolutely perfect. I never need to buy anything else again. Someone make a really crude backing track in Garage Band, like a really bad acapella drum beat type thing and just loop that over and over that bass 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 over and over is absolutely perfect that bass is absolutely perfect that bass is absolutely perfect i never need to buy anything else again that bass is absolutely perfect that bass is absolutely perfect that bass is absolutely perfect i never need to buy anything else again that bass that bass that bass hello and welcome to the guitar nerds podcast I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by Matt Knight. Word up. Jay Cross. Hello, Mark and gang. And Joe hey. Branton. Whoa, yeah. that was a little ahead of the curve. Well, the future man, no. Joe Branton. <laughs> um, thanks for joining us this evening for another wonderful episode of Guitar Nerds. Loads of uh, stuff coming up. Uh, there's been quite a lot of news this week. Um, but first, I want to talk to Matt Knight about his action-packed day um, doing Guitar Nerd stuff. What have you been up to, Matty? I, I've had, actually, I was thinking, like, what am I going to talk about this evening? And I was like, actually, I've done quite a lot of guitar-related stuff this week. Go on. Mainly without guitars. But today, um, I had a surprise visit from Alistair Davies from Davies Amplification. Uh, he sent me one of the one of his amps on uh, Friday, and it sounded awesome. But they, it, 
obviously got slightly damaged in transit. So he made a snap decision to come and visit me, visit me completely out of the blue and to hand deliver me a new amplifier for use on guitar nerds, which very, was amazing. Very nice indeed. For those people who don't know about Davis amplification, do you want to give us a quick rundown? Yeah, so he's been making amps for about four years and this is his first production line amplifier um he we met him briefly or he found out about guitar nerds at the birmingham guitar show um and that's kind of why he got involved with guitar nerds on the facebook group and he's like a mechanic by trade but he also loves like guitar amps so he was like i can't really and he's a drummer bizarrely enough (laughs) um like a semi-professional drummer so he's like i kind of have to be a mechanic to do the guitar to do the guitar amp stuff but that's the guitar amp stuff hopefully will be more full-time later but he's designed effectively an eight watt all valve amplifier with two channels and like um an effect a really cool effects loop because it's got a dry feed and a wet feed so you can basically blend in how much dry signal and how much affected signal you want on the effects loop so you would put your pedals in the effects loop but you can also kind of blend how much of that you're hearing with the clean sound yeah yeah so it's so running you, in parallel yes yes because if you if you've got a for example if you've got a delay pedal that will go 100 percent completely wet so no dry signal at all you run that in the effects loop you've then got two controls on the front dry or wet if you turn dry all the way up you get nothing but guitar signal you turn wet all the way up you get nothing but the re- the reverb signal for example and then you can blend those two together um so if you kind of just want a touch of reverb in there rather than loads of it that's obviously a great thing for that but what i was finding was it was just great to just dial in how much still dial the mix back on the pedal but then sort of just dial in a little bit so you can actually get like loads of distortion but then just a little bit of delay in the background also great for kind of spring reverbs nice um but yeah it's it's really nice it's like imagine you know what's great about a blues junior it's low powered you know it's all valve you know with, but there's there's never a head version of it so this one's like ideal really it's kind of like a mini blues junior in head form is that how um, it's um is that how it's voiced is it fendery I d- do you know what i think it is it's very i suppose american in a way quite bright on more on the top end side of things than kind of a marshall that would be more mid-heavy but i think he specifically said he's just designed to try and voice it in his own his own way he's not tried to like take another circuit so it's it's completely fresh um clean channel has just got volume and then a three band eq that's shared with the drive channel and then the drive channel is gain and volume and then instead of a boost switch he's put a boost in there but on another pot so you've got gain and then you've got second gain effectively is that what they call intensity is that switchable as well though the no so you can just die if you just want more gain or you just want to boost the drive channel more it's on there um and then when we were talking today i was like oh it'd be cool if you could do this that was one of the things i mentioned it'd be great if you could kind of add the because there's a foot switchable drive channel but it'd be nice if you could switch the boost in and dial how much of the boost you want and then be able to turn it on and off um but when i obviously when i got it and there was a couple of things i i opened it up because i thought one of the valves had come loose and the like the chassis the build of it is absolutely incredible um they're 799 really yeah what is going on in the boutique amp world at the moment because you know we look at pedals boutique pedals are hitting high prices for for stuff that's got you know the uh, 
painted finishes and things like that. But in the amp world, we were. What was that? What was the pink amp company again? Honey Boy. Honey Boy. Like, again, another great boutique amplifiers that are. There was no money, basically. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. you consider that, you know, Mesa Boogie want like three and a half grand for. Well, I guess I guess that's exactly the point, though, isn't it? Is, you know, um, the amp market, I think more so than the pedal market, is so difficult to. There's, there's such high barriers to entry because. No, I guess so. They're yeah. so. Exp- I mean, first of all, you know, anyone could put together a. Uh, you can buy a. Build your own fuzz kit on eBay for you know twenty quid or whatever, and then you could just repackage that and sell that if you wanted to. You know, it's the, there's no, it's no, there's no money there. And amp is like, there's a lot more that goes into it. The materials are a lot more. You need far more expertise. But at the end of the day, the you know you've got far more likelihood of selling a pedal to someone because people gen- generally have loads of pedals. Unless you're Matt Knight and you have now what four amps in your bedroom. Three, no four, because I've got the piranha sitting in the corner. As oh, well. yeah, okay. of course, yeah. <laughs> so unless you're, you know, and that very few people will have, maybe you know, maybe a guitar, like a small practice amp, and then a gigging amp. Um, so I think it makes sense. You know, it's obviously very difficult for these people to make a name for themselves, and the way to do it is to, you know, make, make good yeah. stuff for at a price yeah, that I guess. appeals to people. And it, it's, it's cutting his profit margin more than anything else. I guess it comes down to attainability, which well, is of course, what we were yeah. talking about before. Yeah, they're, they're, sort of, they're sold through Guitar Guitar at the moment and also Guitar Village, but he was talking me through um, various elements, like the Transformers are all built in the UK. They're the same company that manufacture, manufacture Transformers for Matamp. Um, the chassis is made by a guy and and the Tolex is done by a guy who used to work for Morgan Cars which were like a boutique car company yeah yeah, yeah I remember them um, so he makes all of those and the Tolex is really nice it's like white stitched all down the middle um, and it's like car seat material basically wow. like vintage car like not like leather but like those kind of really plush sort of seats if that's a way to really describe it doesn't feel like normal Tolex that's it's really just cool. super nice just really really well built loads of different outputs on the back depending on you know what cab you want to go into just it's i just couldn't believe it i think it's the perfect solution to someone who wants a tiny terror who can no longer get a tiny terror yes i know it's a bit more money but you're getting something that's all made in the uk which is also really nice incredibly neat when you put it like that because it's not that much more than the tiny terror what were they four oh, nine four yeah, nine were, nine? yeah 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 nine, four nine nine, nine, but then nine. if you look at the Dark Terror well, or I mean, something I, like that or like the 15 yeah oh, 15 so, probably 600 quid nowadays you know? yeah and they're still Chinese made right and the uh, the Davies uh, I, mm, no I think the ORs are made in the UK okay I think I'm yeah. not 100% sure okay. I can't remember but I think the OR series are made yeah, in the UK yeah I think you might be right actually did the Davies Sams only come in 8 what yes they only they the only Sam's. make an 8 8 what at the moment it's a single EL34 and a single 12AX7 Cool. So he, I think he's specifically designed it as like a valve amp for use at home rather than yeah. you can definitely gig with it. Um, but he said, obviously, it breaks up relatively early. It's not sort of like really, really high headroom or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Are there are there any power switching options on it, or is it all just no, no? Okay. But it's it's it sounds good at low volumes. Okay. Um, is there a cab? Sounds really good. No, no cab, just the head at the moment. Okay. I think actually cabs maybe. When you've got guys like, because we were talking, because obviously got the Zilla cabs here. He was like, when you've got guys like Zilla making cabs, he's just like, you just can't compete. No, no, of course. You know, 
because they offer so many options. Their turnaround time at the moment is like three weeks. They offer all those Tolex options, all the speaker options, wired however you want, built to any specification. And they're cheaper than 75% of the cabs available on the general market. Yeah, I think that is pretty um, pretty good about Zillow. And what I think people forget is that they're actually more affordable than most other cabs out there, like you know, big production stuff. Um, yeah. And you get all the benefits that you say, like three-week turnaround and any colour you want. And basically. he ships worldwide now as well. Right. So I've seen on his Facebook they're sending cabs to the States and and whatnot so yeah I, th- I just think personally they're some of the best cabs you can buy yeah yeah definitely and it's Good. funny because people just aren't buying you know you don't really buy a 412 you may generally buy a 212 and your options in store at the moment are kind of like ppc 212 yeah. 212 ob 1936 yeah it's kind of it really yeah for not big really yeah yeah i mean there's obviously you can you can go down the um go down the boogie route but they're going to be a lot more money um, like nine quid. <laughs> or, yeah, all the Fender stuff I think is like almost like made to match a head. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, but remember those um, that Supersonic one hundred head? Yeah, that came with you could get a Supersonic cab and it locked, but together. it locked in. So yeah. like, you couldn't sell the cab with any other head. It yeah, was yeah, yeah. Very, very. Actually, odd. it was funny with this amp. I said this, it's one shame that the the effects loop isn't foot switch or because do you remember on the supersonics you had an effects loop on there and yeah. if you ran a patch lead from the send to the return so no effects in there it had a it had a mix volume and you could use that as a boost yeah yeah because you dialed <laughs> that up full but then turned the volume down on the amp and then the effects loop then acted as a boost and i was like ah just because you've got the control on the front i was like that would be amazing if you could do that that's definitely a definitely a neat feature um it's good to um hear from another amp like fairly local-ish amp manufacturer really yeah. it's, uh, we often you know we yeah. talk to guitar builders and, and mainly pedal manufacturers and amp stuff we don't hear a huge amount like you say because it's a more expensive barrier to, to entry to make them yeah. and to enter the market so um, anything else Matt do any more guitar stuff this week um, yeah I post on the Facebook we're, we guitar nerds although you guys only found out about it today working on something with Pelican Noiseworks yeah can't say too much about it now, but um, there's more stuff happening, so stay tuned to the Facebook page for that. Um, and then, yeah, I was in Air Studios on Wednesday recording some promotional material for work, which meant we got to plug loads of amps in and loads of cool boss pedals and crank stuff up in one of the most famous studios in the world at full volume. It's the first time I've heard a Marshall 1959 Super Lead at 10 everything at 10 Christ. Oh. Or 12. was it bearable and, could you be in uh, the room I, I put earplugs in um, and my colleague Jay didn't put earplugs in he said it was like it hurt it yeah, was so loud I bet. Um, and I could but I could feel it you know yeah. you can feel the air coming out and actually it made me realise because it's something that we you know most players don't get to do very often is hear an amp absolutely cranked yeah and how much difference it makes just hear and feel the air coming out of a speaker like that which is absolutely amazing it's what, um, it's, we managed to blow up a jcm 800 what just with sheer volume just well we turned everything to 10 right um and it just like got super hot um sounded amazing just put like a sd1 boss sd1 in front of it and it was just like the best high gain sound ever um so that was kind of cool got to crank a jc120 up like really loud which is obviously another amp you don't really get to hear very often spent did loads of time it, with the it, blues did cube. it stay clean 
Yeah, I couldn't get it to drive. <laughs> it's so clear. And once you turn the chorus on, on that volume as well, it just sounds amazing. But oh, because yeah. this room is like, it was specially built as a studio, like um, Joe's favorite band, Muse, hire it out for like two months at a time. <laughs> oh, done. Um, <laughs> but like um, when we were there the week before, they were recording all the strings to the new Uncharted game. So they do loads of computer games there and stuff. Um, but it's just an amazing room acoustically. It's all like one meter of concrete on every wall. Oh, um, <laughs> there's plate reverbs built into the building. So every studio can patch into a plate reverb that runs through the entirety of the building. Um, what? H- hang on. What? There's a plate reverb. There's plate reverbs or plates built into the walls throughout the entire building. And then each one of those is patched in to the console so you can dial in the reverb from these plates that run through the uh run through the entire building That's it's incredible, incredible. i mean the, the desk we were on was a neve desk custom built by um the guys at neve for george for george martin um and it basically bought the guy out of retirement to build these desks and they're like it was one of the first desks ever to have flying faders um, requires basically constant maintenance. <laughs> I bet. Um, but it's it's basically, I mean, so many hit records have been recorded on it. Yeah. Um, cool but it, it's funny because now everything gets bounced down to one channel and then everything runs into a Pro Tools rig, which was in its own room that had its own set of air conditioning to keep it cool. Yeah. It was just like, absolutely bonkers. Um, so much vintage rack gear. It was just like a crazy day. But I've never done anything where we've, you've had all the amps in the control room or all the heads in the control room. So you're dialing stuff in and yeah. playing it and just hearing it through monitors. And then you open the soundproof doors and then it's just like absolutely deafening. I love that. Um, I love recording like that. Or um, what I've done more often is like reamping, um, reamping the bass. So like having the bass already recorded just with a DI and then, yeah. and then putting a load of cabs in the... Uh, recording room and then a load of different head options in the um control room and then like patching yeah. between and then again yeah you open the uh, the studio doors and you've got like an svt full whack and you're like wow that, that is so yeah. loud and it just made me realize that like when you listen to i don't know a more guitar orientated player like joe bonamassa and you hear those sounds on the record it's and or like gary moore for example that is how it's done and that's how you get that sound yeah well, if, do, you, do you remember when um, Gary Moore were coming to GAC on like Saturday morning at like nine in the morning, first thing, and be like, "Yeah, do you want to try it an amp?" Uh, and then and really us, open it up. Us four stood there, really hungover, just like, <laughs> "Sure thing, Gary. Yeah, whatever, whatever you need to do, mate." And yeah, like I mean, you know. And, and then the sort of playing you hear is unbelievable. Oh, almost enough, but not quite enough to shake you out of your hangover. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you know, like a, I don't know. Hot Rod Deville or something, 40 watt, no, sorry, 60 watts, um, all the way up at nine o'clock yeah. in the morning is punishing. But, it's, but- it's, just, it's just, it's brilliant. Like, it was the first time I've ever done anything like that, and it was just amazing to see how it's kind of done and how different mics sound. Like, it's the first yeah. time I've had, you know, each amp had four mics on, and then they're all on buttons on the console, and you're just playing, and then you're just hitting each mic individually and how much difference a microphone makes how much difference we had four different room mics so as soon as you dial in the room mics and you're getting the sound of the room at the same time yeah like everything just totally totally changes and it just makes you realize actually what you hear on the record is 
it's almost impossible to to ever replicate in in one way. Can you say what this is for yet, Matty, or not? Or is this top secret? Um, yeah, well, we've we're um, we're doing something later in the year, and we've got a friend of mine who's recording a load of um, basically like demo tracks for um, a load of current Boss products. We thought it'd be a cool opportunity to go in a studio. He used to be a teacher of mine at BIM, and now he's a resident guitar um, like engineer. Uh, air studios he rents a studio space upstairs and he was like oh i'll do some demo tracks for you um and he we gave him a blues cube and he was doing loads of stuff for the blues cube and he's like oh man this amp is amazing and then he took it to record all the guitar parts to kingsman 2 oh nice he's like, oh, i'm oh. just gonna go and do kingsman <laughs> 2 so he took a blues cube i was like wow i didn't even have to like pay anyone for that <laughs> yeah. um but he, he he did loads of george michael stuff and um I think he played on the Paloma Faith record. He did that movie Paul um, about the alien that comes down with like, Seth Rogen and stuff. So he's done like loads of guitar movies. And he's like, this amp is just, it covers so many bases. So I was like, oh, I'm just glad I got it in the hands of someone who could actually use it and crank it up. Do you know what I mean? So um, he was super pleased to be able to do the demo tracks. And also he'd been doing a load of like Euro rack stuff um and like soundtracks. And he was like, I'm just so glad to be able to like plug a guitar in again. And, nice shred so yeah so um there's some stuff happening in the next few weeks and they'll you'll i'll post on facebook and you'll be able to see all about it and we recorded a little video while we were there so that was a cool it was a long day we got there at eight o'clock in the morning i left at 10 and they went on till midnight wow yeah that's a long sesh yeah yeah i got to have a go on a pedal steel as well for the first time ever it's the did most you... mind bending instrument ever did you have any idea how to use it um i could i could do the classic like upper fourth country bend on on the g but it was a 10 string neck that's not tuned because you've only got you basically play with a thumb pick and two finger picks you're only really playing three strings at a time yeah so it's tuned in a way that there's like two sets of chords just on open strings depending on what strings you pluck yeah then you've got eight pedals each of which give you another chord and then combinations of those also give you other chords when you watch so someone like, play, it's mind, like you say, it's oh, mind-bending it's, how they're doing it. Like, put squeezing the pedals with their knees and stuff to change chord shapes. It's like yeah. this is another world. But he was like, he one track we were doing, he had to like play an augmented chord, and he was like, oh, I've got to bend this pedal, but only down a quarter of a step. <laughs> and it took him about ten minutes to just dial it in right because they got Toby who was doing all the guitar stuff. Was like, no, again, do it again, do it again. Wow! But just amazing, like modern recording techniques because they could literally play a track and go oh bar 47 i messed up a note engineer would just be like right cool drop you in four bars beforehand that's it and then you're just recording that one bar yeah. again it's like you just never would have been able to do that if you're committing it to tape no um no. which i suppose maybe you know some guys do play stuff live but now you can see how so many records they must just you know if you play like a 10 minute song and then you mess up the last bit, you're just going to go, I'm not going to play the whole thing again. I can just drop you in. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a really, really eye-opening, eye-opening day. That sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. Joey B. Ranton. See? You've been doing some guitar stuff this week, I believe. Some. Yeah. Go on. What? When you say some... I'm buying another bass. Oh. <laughs> Is it a gigging bass? No, no, no. It's not a gigging bass, so it's okay. But it's, I thought... It's okay. The one that you... <laughs> The one that you yeah got, I said it was a gigging bass which but you're not using it for gigging yeah, no that one I am the Stonefield yeah is what I use for gigging have you done a gig with it yet well no I haven't played a gig okay. yet but it will be my gigging bass I'm recording a record with it in a in a week okay 
That's um, not a gig. No, but still, I want. That's to, a, that's a, surely you're going to use your studio, studio base. <laughs> well, the one I've bought is a studio base. Right. Go on. I wanted a fretless. <laughs> I wanted a fretless, and um, and Ibanez have put out a really really good new fretless. Has, I, don't, I don't believe you. Yeah, they've uh, you know the SR series. They've done the SRH series, which is a uh, chambered um, F hold. Does it stand um, for surely really high? Because that's what you'd have to be to buy a fretless bass. No, this is wicked. It's um, it's uh, it's a it's chambered. And it's it's like thick. It's a really thick, deep body, but in the SR, but sort of all squared off, and it, it's all violiny, and it's uh, it's 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 all done with a piezo pickup. So, yeah. So the, the, so it's you know it's uh, it's totally cool. What are you gonna do with it? I'm gonna play fretless bass with it. It's wicked. So all with you know a piezo pickup, a couple of controls, fretless, unlined neck. F hole. Has it got like a little? And it's like mushroom burst. You're showing us a picture of it now. It does. It is very mushroom mush- burst. It's very well, you know, uh, you know uh, Antigua sort of thing. It's very oh, it's worst color. Ever. It's not. It's not quite Antigua. Has it got a contour on the top there? Or is that some sort of like arm oh, yes, guard? Yes, like a there violin? is a, no. Yeah, there is. Um, there is a little sort of scalloped bit on the on the top bow of the body uh, for your arm to rest. Uh, you know, so they've thought about everything. Does the tell you one thing the, they haven't thought about? <laughs> what? Frets. <laughs> Joe, does the yeah the neck yeah goes the lower strings? You can yeah. play the lower strings higher, higher than yeah. you can play the higher strings. So for, so for what, listeners, like- the the fretboard is is angled quite specifically there's, where it meets the body. There's more there's frets a, yeah. on the bass end than there but is on no, the top no, end. There's, mate, no, there's there's no frets. Well, it's it's, uh, fret positions potentially. <laughs> That's. <laughs> That's so weird. The Why? SRH 500. They also do it in a fretted version, which is very tasteful, but I've never oh, heard of this. <laughs> just, just, just get that one. <laughs> no, I wanted a fretless one. Plus, the, the Paizo pickup is surprisingly... Why are you saying Paizo? Yeah, why do you was, say Paizo? I was told that's how it's pronounced. Piezo. Who told you that? Uh, Piezo. Yeah, that's how I pronounced it. It's Piezo. And then I watched a video. Don't say Paizo. I think it's Paizo in America. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's why... I was watching videos on it and everyone kept saying Paizo. I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe I've been saying it wrong all these years. Piezo. Paizo. Yeah, that's how I always used yeah. to say it. Ah, yeah. whatever. So, Stupid Americans. How much is this base that you're buying? Um, I mean, they retail at, uh, if you're not mates with the guys at Ibanez, at £609. Okay. I will never need to buy another. That was a gig base. base. That was a gig base. This one is because I really wanted to fretless, and it's very reasonably priced. Are you getting rid of something to make room for this? Um, I I've been meaning to do a clear out. Actually, I was going to do a big effects clear out. Um, but yeah, but not for the moment. I'm sort of you know rolling in it but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all the money i make off of doing this podcast no but in in other news actually i um i've been spending a lot of time with the bright onions baking powder compressor yeah as is everyone i've noticed that there's two or three yeah, people yeah, on the I've forum them. who yeah, have I've just got them. them now yeah exactly i have saw, saw a couple of boards popping up with them <sighs> what a brilliant compressor they're 50 quid yeah 
Um, why, why not get one? Great, great that it's a Brighton company for us, sort of thing. But fifty pounds, a single control. It's based on but Matt. What's it based on? It's based the on orange that, box or something. The orange, the something orange like. squeezer. There yeah, yeah. Which from is from Dan a, Armstrong. Yeah, the the Dan Armstrong compressor, which was a, a sort of famed compressor as a form of effect rather yeah. than a, rather than something to you know even out your yeah strings or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I can't believe how good it sounds. Um, for a fifty-pound pedal with a single control, when compression is such a complex type of effect, it sounds great, and people um, get it so wrong a lot of the time. Well, exactly, and also it, it does. I know guitarists t- maybe turn it on and off a little bit more than bass players. For for us, it's a sort of you know set and forget and always leave on kind of pedal. But the fact that it's small, it's one control, it's affordable. Yeah, you know, it's not taking up any real estate on your on your pedal board. Really, I I can't. It, it, Everyone should get one if you think about getting a compressor. I think for analog compression, I don't think it has like it's bowling the competition out of the way. When you um, when you put it like that, so I've been doing um, some research for a new video that I'm working on, and um, I was looking up the JHS Pulp and Peel V4. Oh yeah, um, which is fantastic. You know, I've got it on my board. It, yeah. Sounds great. Um, but they're I think they're over two hundred quid. Matt, you might just want to give us the deets on that. But mm, yeah, I'll find out. They they are they are pricey. I think the feature packed but pricey. Well, completely. I think the V three was hundred and fifty quid, and I think it's two hundred no. quid for the V four. The baking powder sounds really good, That's and it's it, it? fifty quid. Yeah, like yeah, that is two hundred and five. There we go. Yeah, it's a great pedal, and it does way more than the baking powder, but. If you just want vintage style compression, that's it. I mean, that baking powder is that that is phenomenal. a very good point because compression is kind of so many different things in the in the same way I guess that a drive can be loads of different yeah. things. But if you want vintage compression, i.e., compression as an effect, sort of compression that's compressing wrong, then I think this is an absolutely brilliant pedal because like matt and me also spent a lot of time with the anasound yeah um lazy comp which is another single control compressor but as we said last week but you control it with mix yeah and that is that's much more money i think that's like 250 pounds for a single control compressor but it's a totally different it's much cleaner and yeah exactly um, it's transparent exactly it's much more designed to kind of to compress and yeah. improve your sound through that so i understand why that has the price tag it does and it's 50 pounds for a baking powder but it's yeah the best like vintage sounding compressor i've heard in ages. yeah it, that's it. i think that's the thing it's it's super vintage isn't it it's like it's got that real kind of 70s vibe about it you mix yeah, it with but, like a kind of fuzz face or something like that it just sounds awesome yeah the the attack on it's pretty slow and and I can't. It, I, I really like that. It's got that sort of slight swell to it that, um, like, yeah, seventies compression always really had. It's, yeah, yeah, it sounds great. Neat little pedal, Jay Cross. Um, Hi. We've not talked about what you've done much in the last few weeks because you've set up a little guitar room upstairs that hasn't really been set up yet. Well, no. Can we get an update on where where we're at with the uh, Jay Cross's guitar studio? Have fun. Yeah. Have you thought about what you're going to call it? Um, I'm going to call it the um, the the small bedroom next to the bedroom that I sleep in. Cool. That's a long name. Uh, or the small personally, room. I'd sleep in the small bedroom and then turn the big bedroom into the music room. Hmm. I I mean, I'd be fine with that. Um, I'm not sure that um, Maddie would be overly happy uh. with it. I I you know I will admit, but um, but yeah. Anyway, I um, so I threw out the. Um, one of the uh, chest of drawers that's in there, not hold, not holding 
anything. Yep. It's just up there and empty. Good that use you, of space. That you help me move from one house to another. Good use of space, my time and my energy. Absolutely, so, yeah, thanks fantastic. for that. But I could only fit one in um, in the car to take to the tip today. Um, oh, so both of them are going. So um, both of them that I lugged. No, the here. other one the other one will probably stay and okay. um, at the moment has got like some summer clothes in it. Right. Uh, but I want to turn it into something where I can have pedals and stuff like that. So um, so it's getting there is the short answer. Um, what I do really need to do, and actually I need to have a conversation with Matt, probably off camera, but um, seeing as we're on the subject, Matt, um, uh, what do I need to do about getting my um, Space Echo serviced? Uh, send it to me to look after yeah. and I will send it back at some point Okay, fully serviced <laughs> because actually I need to speak to you because I might actually need to borrow it okay. probably another conversation for off camera but yeah we can work something out Jay okay. I'm sure we can do oh, something that sounds very exciting we can work something out fantastic I like that does that, I like does that mean there's going to be some monetary exchange at that point I thought he was going to give me this great little tailor that he owns oh never let's not talk about that again <laughs> God, every time I should have I should have given that to you to, for helping me to move house. Yeah, that would have been perfect. But I'm not planning on moving anytime soon, so I would get to keep it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But um, so yeah, getting there is the uh, is the is the short answer. Um, like, what's the long answer? Um, he needs to buy a Boss Katana, I think, at some point. I do want to get oh. an, I do want to get a new amp. Um, I want to get a, a couple of amps actually. I do want to get a. I was actually. My interest was very much piqued with you talking about um, this Davis amp because it sounds it sounds very very cool, but I'm not sure that I want I'm not sure that I want a I mean, head and cab. Come on, Vox AC4 man, that's that's got to be the You've gotta buy a Vox AC4 ultimate home use valve amp. I I I think I want more uh, tone controls. You don't need it. You do have effects for tone controls. The Vox AC4 also about? comes. You have in effects for making your guitar sound longer <laughs> and bigger. You get get an EQ, get a Boss G7. No, I think I I have been thinking about a Katana. Um, and I also I really want to get Supersonic again because I should. I love right. my can Supersonic. Can you use them at home? Yeah, twenty two. Here really? I can. I think yeah because um I'm that little room actually. I'm in a really lucky position where um the room doesn't. Uh, like I'm in a so, so where I live now is it's a detached house, but I'm the top two floors, and then the the uh, all right the ground floor is well you own your place That's so true. you you can keep out of this one That's mate. That's true. Um, I'm paying someone else's mortgage, um, but I'm the top two floors, and uh, and then I've got a neighbour on the ground floor. So if I put an amp in the little room, which is on the uh, the essentially the top floor, there's nobody except for Maddie who I can annoy <laughs> and she's used to it so you know it's um, so I probably could use it at home yeah that's a good idea then um, get a Supersonic 22 oh man that's such a great amp AC15 AC15 maybe but the problem is is because I had an AC30 hand wired hmm. I don't think I could go for a Vox I, I think that my um, Vox uh, my like level of snobbery has been raised by right. so much that wow. I couldn't use a non-hardwired one because they sounded so much better. That is quite a good thing because this year would mark a Vox anniversary. Six, 
70th anniversary? 60th? Something ridiculous, yeah. And I can't remember what's embargoed and what's not, so I'm not going to tell you exactly what on air, but but of course they're doing something for their anniversary yeah. and of course it's going to be something very boutique-y. Keep your eyes peeled because it's going to be very, very good. It might even already be out. I, let's, I not, can't remember. let's not break that's, any embargoes. Exactly, that's what I'm going to do. What we yeah. should do is dive head on into... New... Big news this week as Gibson have announced uh, new custom shop models and the brand new modern oh my God. double cut. Who wants to talk about this? Uh, I, yeah, all of us. Really? Well, man? yeah, I thought I thought I was going to go for it, but then Joe sounded so enthusiastic. No, 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 I didn't no, no. know if he was going to pip in. I, no, no, I couldn't on. remember who uh, we discussed. Okay. So they all look absolutely, absolutely phenomenally brilliant. Okay. But, I yeah. Mean, but, uh, so so all the, the, the weird custom shoppy black things look phenomenal matt knight give us the details on those but the most important thing is obviously um the the modern double cut the modern double cut which might be my favorite thing hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. That Gibson have ever done. Matt, give us the lowdown. Well, let's, yeah, let's start with the modern double cut then. So Gibson Custom Shop not standard the remaking the relaunching of the double cut um gibson's kind of weird s- sort of strat sort of les paul guitar which actually when a, i first it's just a les paul it's just a les paul with a different top horn yeah, it's basically yeah, Les Paul with a different top horn. And actually, when I remember seeing the cheap ones, I was like, hmm. But then actually, these ones do look pretty damn cool. Most importantly, uh, the finishes. Yeah. What I finish mean, is the most important? Uh, for you, probably ebony. No, metallic alien green. <laughs> that guitar, Joe, that is the best colour. That guitar looks utterly, utterly <laughs> vile. No, you are... <laughs> That this guitar, like probably, that guitar, looks utterly, uh, utterly horrendous. Probably the best that I'm that actually quite finish, into it. I think that I'm finish so- and that guitar, probably the most important guitar this year, hands down. That's gear of the year. Okay, here's, specifically here's, in that here's, here's what's happened: either someone has lost a bet, or it's a joke. No, green is I'm into metallic it. green, and it's called metallic alien green. Metallic oh. alien oh. green. I normally hate green guitars, but I actually really like that. Yeah, I think that color is all right. Green guitars are not okay. Oh, they're always no. bad, but that one <laughs> is okay. That, that one one's great. fine. It Matt, looks like a PRS without a crap headstock. Matt, do you want to give us a spec? 
I mean, yeah, I must admit, it is a little bit PRSE, especially if you go for the um, the flame top one. But effectively, um, same as a Gibson custom shop, Les Paul standard, um, twelve inch radius, classic fifty seven, classic fifty seven plus in yeah. the bridge. So not really um, like a like a Les Paul. No, it depends custom. which one. Because if you buy a custom shop fifty seven or a Les Paul traditional, yeah, then, then they do have the fifty sevens in. Yeah, twenty four frets. Yeah. Um, uh, what was that? You've thrown me off, Joe. Sorry. I was reading this back and then you threw me off. Uh, normal scale length, 24.75. Um, um, uh, yeah, medium C neck, one piece mahogany, maple f- um, top, 12 inch radius, 24 frets. It's basically, yeah, a Les Paul, but with a slightly different kind of upper horn i suppose they look um, they look thinner as well i don't think they're going to be like the full depth of a les paul by the look yeah i things. don't know because they're contoured on the back as well aren't they yeah uh extra long neck tenon um which was something they did introduce on some models but just means that you've got basically a little bit more wood there a little bit more sustain and uh, different headstock carve as well apex headstock carve what does that mean joe uh that's what it's called. It's an apex <laughs> headstock carve, um, which looks a bit like a volute. Actually, someone said that would look great with a Music Man style headstock, and I agree. I think if that had a four over two headstock, because they've sort nah. of done the body, I'm surprised they didn't kind of go all out with the uh, the headstock. Well, I mean, this what this guitar sort of screams at to me is Gibson. Style. Is Gibson saying, you know what? We've kind of had enough of certain guitar brands making guitars that look somewhat like ours yeah so we're going to make a two humbucker guitar with 24 frets um that looks somewhat like another guitar made by another it really does kind of just i think it's quite funny i, mean, I think I it's would... um i think it's it's like almost like life imitating art like yeah, gibson well... going after the young pretender. This could be the end of Paul Reed Smith as a company. I'm not. I, I mean, very much doubt that. These <laughs> guitars are three thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. <laughs> who would buy? Who would buy a PRS over this? Um, hmm, sort of on the fence. Depends on the PRS. Well, if it's one of the good ones, then probably that. I mean, for I, half, for I, half I, the money. I don't think so. They do come. I must admit, though, they do come in a range of very cool colours, which is colours that you don't tend to get on guitars. Well, like by Gibson. PRS. Uh, oh yeah a Gibson <laughs> but yeah basically gold top uh, alien green which actually I am also into that's yes. um, oh, the next Honestly, what's wrong with you? but for me my, my personal favourite is the candy apple red yeah, I think great. the candy apple red looks really nice uh, standard ebony cherry sunburst which I've, is very very of the 1960s tomato soup style burst well, really bright which well to me tomato-y. I'm not massively into and then sterling fade which is their kind of like Black burst, I suppose. Oh, I'm, yeah. I, that, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised they haven't called like Paul burst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Smith burst. <laughs> yeah, <It is> so... <laughs> that is very PRS. Um, um, but Matt, yeah, cool. A cool range of guitars. Do we know what the fretboard is? Uh, one piece rosewood, I think. Really uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because um, the next one I was reading about, obviously the the second one in their range, which I am actually way more excited about because I think these are amazing. Um, a historic matchup of colours and character the Les Paul standard painted over yes. I mean I think they probably could have come up with something better than painted yeah, over I mean, the painted over is like 
But these do look brilliant. These have got to be the best looking relicy style Les Pauls that Gibson have put out. Well, I mean, they're not the first person to have get them, uh, get them because obviously Joe at uh, GAK they do actually have a painted over custom shop Les Paul that was custom ordered before these were announced. Really? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't know that, did you? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. So a, um, when I was out in. Um, Nashville, and I was with Wes, uh, obviously when I was at Anthons and Wes was at GAC. Uh, Steph, who does all the ordering, ordered a Pelham Blue over Sunburst. Oh, nice. Um, but, of course, when it turned up, it wasn't like a Fender Relic where you can basically like see loads of the other colour. It's only really the top kind of carve that I you see. can kind of see. And I think everyone was a bit like, oh, that's a little bit disappointing. But actually with the, this range... They've done a little bit more relicking, but their colour choice is just so good. The blue looks amazing. So oh, should I mean, we just oh explain God, what this what this concept is? Because so Fender started doing this a little while ago, based on the fact that in the original years of Fender, you could take your Sunburst guitar back to the shop and essentially get them to to paint over it. Um, so you'd end up mainly with, in Fiesta Red. <laughs> yeah, so you'd get Fiesta Red over Sunburst. So Fender reintroduced that in the custom shop in what the last ten years. Um, yeah. At where you could get a cut, what they call color over color in the Fender range. So you could get, um, let's say, Daphne Blue over Paisley Pink, yeah. um, and they wear away some of the top so you can see the colour that's underneath. So that's essentially what Gibson are, are doing here. So I assume they're doing it in the same way where they finish the the entire guitar and then refinish it and then take some of that top coat well, back I, off. Actually, I assume what they're... I would hope what they're doing is they finish the guitar, they then relic it a bit and then they refinish it and then they relic it again. I guess so. I mean, that's... No, the, I don't think they do. That's Because that's weird, not... They don't, they don't do that at Fender. Do they not? No. They no, they basically take completely lost. brand new finished guitars and then polish dab. See, that seems spray tape that seems a bit odd to me because if the if the narrative there is right, here's what's happened: is you've bought a guitar, you've played it for twenty years, and it's got a bit busted up, and then you've refinished it, and then you've played it for another well, ten. But it years isn't that. Uh, no, but the, the original. If you ever find an original like color over color Fender, for example, most people bought them new because most people who could afford to buy them new had them sprayed straight away. Or what right, would happen okay. is dealers would actually buy them from the States and then respray them. Yeah. Right. Okay. So people only find out now. They're like, oh, this Fiesta Red that I've got is, is a sunburst. sunburst. Or, yeah. people, or you get them now where people bought them in the 60s, sold them. Someone else bought them in the 80s, resprayed them, probably fit like a Kayla Trem to it. And now, obviously, they're going, oh, it's actually another color underneath because it's been through a few, a few hands. So actually, no, because... This, I think this idea also spawned from the collector's choice they did, Blackburst, which was number 34, which was one of the only black Les Pauls to come out of the 59, 58, 60 era because it wasn't actually an option. It was a custom option then because customs came in black. Yeah. Standards didn't. So if you wanted a standard in black, you had to custom order it. And the person who bought that particular one they made a collector's choice out of only realized that it wasn't there was another colour underneath after 50 years of playing because effectively what they did was took a 59 Les Paul and went, oh, someone's ordered a black one, sprayed it black. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, actually, no, they're brand new underneath. 
Apart from the right, bits okay, fair enough. Are actually worn. Fair enough. As long as, it, um, as long as he hits the narrative, that's all. That's all that I'm uh, yeah, yeah, interested that's in. Yeah, yeah, You know, they're historically accurate. Yeah, as much as they yeah. could be. So as much as they can be. I mean, you would you struggle to see one in the wild, I suppose. Apart but, from uh, that, Matty, are they just regular spec. There's nothing else. Uh, yeah, particularly interesting about them. It's just a new. No, it's just regular. Um, I suppose what they would call Les Paul standard. Um, I, I think they're going for somewhere between a 58 and a 59, perhaps, because they're flame maple underneath. Yeah. Uh, but they call the neck profile medium chunky, so I'm I'm guessing it's supposed to be somewhere, but not as thick as a a 58 or you know not as thin as a 59 perhaps somewhere right. in between but 12 inch radius 22 frets um same sort of truss rod custom historic buckers. medium jump uh, yeah it's custom yeah custom buckers. yeah custom buckers which are the Elnico three so the same ones that they would put in the 58 the color choice the is where it's at though you carry yeah, green exactly. over sunburst is yeah incredible that so uh, you've that's got the one that you referred to as blue yeah right sorry it's carry green yeah it's, yeah so you get basically colors black over black over gold yeah black um, over cherry black burst. over cherry sunburst uh white over sunburst which i think looks really cool and that's white over like a lemon burst um which is the only color that's probably not historically accurate because it only go that color if it had faded in the sun yeah because uh, everything was originally a cherry sunburst uh gold over cherry sunburst and then the awesome kerry green over dark burst which look the, the photo they got on the website i'm just like i want that guitar it looks so I want good that guitar so badly so good yeah, that's definitely yeah, that. the one. Some other guitars that look great are the um, the other guitars that Gibson announced as part of this uh, this release. Yeah. What, are they calling them the Tuxedos? Is yeah, that right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Well, I thought way. they were just the well, reinventing of the custom. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, every they're, they're sort of colloquially referred to as Tuxedos aren't yeah. they? As, as a finish. Just because they're black and white. Black with and pinstripe. Go on, Matt, give us, the, uh, give us the rundown. Yeah, so there's an SG Custom... Uh, oh, yes. Firebird Custom, Explorer Custom, oh. V Custom, and Les Paul Custom, which obviously they're already very there. I don't know if they've, what they've done differently to the Les Paul Custom, but all those others, SG, Firebird, Explorer, V, follow the same kind of styling. Um, so black, triple ply plate, uh, diamond, um, sort of like block inlays, gold hardware. Um, the Firebird does look absolutely the, amazing the fiber that, looks absolutely they astonishing. look so good it they, looks they so good so with the triple good. binding on it as well i'm like that is a classy guitar the triple binding explorer that's the one for me like i love explorers and there's just something about that les paul custom look the like i hate gold hardware normally the only yeah. guitar i think can ever get away with it is a les paul custom, custom yeah. and um putting it on these that Explorer looks incredible. Fretboards are rich light. That's good. I'm totally down with they that. They did that. They announced yeah, that. Fretboards have been rich light on customs for a long time yeah, now. Yeah. 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 It, no. I mean, it must be nearly five years that they've been doing that. Yeah, true, true. So it's, um, yeah, I, I think that um, that Firebird looks amazing. It's worth knowing as well that that's um, uh, humbuckers, not mini humbuckers yep. in the Firebird. They're all 490s and 498s. Okay. Um, in in all of those. Just, just, um, Pulling back to the colour of the painted over series, I don't mean to sound like a stick in the mud here. What? I'm not into the colour choices at what? all. What's wrong with what? you? What's I don't wrong with be- Kelly Green? Um, Kelly, Kelly Green. That's what Green, saying. fantastic. Uh, the only one I think there that looks good is the black over gold because I don't think, and I've realised that it's historically accurate, I get that. I don't think c- colour over 
sunburst oh, no, ever I'm works. Into it. I'm into it. I think oh, like it, on on fenders. I I always thought it looked. I always thought it looked daft. I'm, but I mean, like it's, a, it's a daft concept, though, isn't it? Bye. Well, it is. I think actually, what this is, what this is going to be really good for is, um, what this would be good for is drawing attention to, because I think Gibson have always really struggled to like let people know that they have a like a genuine custom shop where you can go and order anything you want, and I think that's what this will like highlight is that you know so. I could go and order one of these in gold over black. Well, there is gold over black, but you know, like Pelham blue over Alpine white, which I think would look great. Something like that. Do you know what I mean? That's like, assuming, mind you, from I was going to say, it's assuming that they will actually do color over color on just custom orders. But from what Matty's saying about the guitar that um, was ordered for GAC, then that probably yeah. was an option anyway. So. Matt, yeah. So that is something they will do, is it, Matt? Yeah, I, I don't know because um, obviously I'm not in the the same trade as i was before i remember talking to um nick who used to work for gibson who now works for guitar guitar in camden he was saying that actually they've stripped back on some of the custom options that they've been doing and i don't know whether it's just because they've had too much demand or or what so i think the best thing to do is just uh ask your local gibson dealer mm. um and they can find out for you i think indeed jerry branton one other huge bit of news this week do you want to tell us about the long rumored tc electronic hall of fame 2 holy moly the uh, hoff returns yeah. so the hall of fame absolute yes. pedal board standard few pedals i think have ever reached that level of standardness in appearance on a board as the Hall of Fame. They are ubiquitous, as it were. Exactly the word I was thinking of saying. Um, but no, you yeah, weren't. Don't no, lie. You no, don't know that word. No, I, no, I didn't. Uh, but nonetheless, the Hall of Fame, what a great pedal. Fantastic pedal and a bit of a hard job because it, for the, for the best part, it had managed to survive the, the sort of boutiqueification of reverb. Definitely. This, uh, the birth Ooh, of shimmer. The birth of shimminess and uh, and and everyone sort of moved towards spending three hundred, four hundred pounds on on reverbs. It was still appearing on people's boards because it was a great um, a great reverb that you know w- was very very affordable and um, and was sort of all you could ever want. But the Hall of Fame two is now out, and what have they added? A shimmer, <laughs> yeah, of course. So, so keeping yeah, up it, with the times. Actually, in the same housing as the uh, as the you know, that that standard TC housing. Um, only now with the the extra shimmer function, which is cracking. We've got uh, three um, of the tone print uh, preset options on there. I can't remember how many the original had. I think maybe two. But anyway, it's on tone prints, one. one. Yeah. yeah one. Oh, is it just one? Yeah. Well, three, three tone print options now. Uh, but most importantly, the the biggest thing really is the addition of the of the shimmer uh, on the Hall of Fame. I thought you were going to say the biggest addition was this mash control. Well, I, I was getting onto that. Okay. <laughs> the next thing is that um, hey, you know, foot switches. You know how they definitely needed to be reinvented. Well, TC Electronics have reinvented them, of course um, by introducing the mash. Uh, foot switch. So, exactly. So here we are. So, is that the Mash theme tune? Yeah. I don't, I've never seen it. What do you mean you've never seen it? Never seen Mash. Crikey. So, uh, <laughs> so here's, here's so the Mash. We need to try one to be able to work out 
exactly how much impact this is going to have on on your plane but the mash kind of works with the name the technology is the harder you hit the pedal the more the effect is going to be okay will it work no like- i don't think it's quite this i don't think it's quite that i think it's basically an expression pedal that as you press it down it I don't engages think... like a virtual expression pedal. Yeah, it's not like harder. Isn't it more like a soft switch where you? It's kind basically of... the same. Oh. Um, the same thing as holding down. Do you remember on the? Well, you can do it the same on the RE twenty. You hold down the right foot switch, and the repeats go into oscillation. Or like it's, the um, uh, Metaverse Warble Swell Deluxe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's doing exactly the same thing. It's engaging a set of controls. I think what's quite but cool about it is you that you press can. It, the more. The harder you yes. press it, the more intense the effect. Yeah, well, I no, because you, you can actually press it really softly, but if you held down the foot switch really softly, it would still do the same thing. I mean, the, I their, TC's literal write-up on it is the harder you press, the more intense the effect. Yeah, I, but then it, I watched the video and I was like, that doesn't look like that's what happens. Oh, I'm yeah. curious to see one of these in the flesh because obviously, yeah. you know, we know that there's, there's some really good sounds in there as there was with the original. Um, it's good that they've added more tone prints. I think it's bad that there's no foot switchable way to switch between them, mm-hmm. um, which is upsetting because, you know great to have three presets but if you can't switch between them on the fly that makes things a bit difficult um mm. but i'm more most curious to see what this mash well, button does i think it it seems really weird i really want to try it to really get to um to get to grips with exactly how it works but i think i'm most i'm most excited about the fact that we've now got a shimmer effect on a really affordable like small footprint yes. reverb with a shimmer yeah, effect I, you know it's, yeah, i yeah. think the shimmer is taken from the sub and up Ah. as well so I think it's the pitch algorithm from the sub and up that would be cool because that was a great octave pedal and so, if they can nail shimmer because of course that is that is the problem do, do you remember like a, a while ago probably a year ago now I bought the Moore um, it was there it was, yeah the Shimver Pro yeah yeah, and yeah. it was yeah just the shimmer just didn't track at all yeah, it was just that, very bad <laughs> yeah exactly that was following kind of the, what you were doing and, and that's the thing isn't it but the octaves still are really really algorithm dependent like what on whether or not the company has nailed octave algorithms and the fact that TC have we know they have with the sub and up if if this is a good shimmer on an affordable small footprint pedal, then I think the Hall of Fame too has just earned itself a place on a lot of pedal boards. I tell you what I, I think, think is is quite weird is the fact that this pedal that they've made that this pedal has been made at all actually, and that they didn't just do a Hall of Fame X4. Yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking. You know, it's, especially with what you're talking about there, Mark. With it's a shame that you know there aren't you can't switch between the presets. I mean, you can switch between the presets if you get a, you know, the X4, the X4 version. Yeah. So I think it's really weird that because I think those the flashback X4, absolutely fantastic. Like, what a great, um, like evolution of that pedal. Great way to sort of push that, uh, you know, expand out your possibilities. I think it's, I think it's mad that um, TC haven't released all of their pedals in X4s. Yeah. You know, because there's so many options on there and there's so many, you know, they've got the that whole tone print um, infrastructure. It seems weird not to utilise it better. I'm, I'm amazed they haven't done something like an H9 because yeah, well, effectively all those pedals are the same inside. They're just programmed and then locked to that particular unit. Um, so 
it's amazing they haven't kind of gone oh here's a blank one put what you want on it yeah yeah just because that's obviously that new neighbor do that with their um all their reverbs and stuff you can buy one called the slate and then you can program it however you want um and i'm surprised they haven't kind of done the same thing but then again at a hundred quid or so they kind of don't really need to yeah yeah well and also that would obviously kill off the rest of their pedal business well yeah i mean to a certain degree i think it would but like i I just i don't think they need to you know they would have to effectively stop selling all their other pedals and just just release that that. one but then you know the name recognition of hall of fame completely if you suddenly go oh you you can't get a hall of fame anymore but you get this other one you've got to load the presets people would just i don't know i think people would still people would still buy a hall of fame just like people still buy a shim you know shimmer one from new neighbor despite the fact that you can change it and, i think it's, you know because some people just want those those simple ones don't they yeah yeah but i think that i think that new neighbor have come from they've come from a slightly different um like demographic of people you know people who are into new neighbor pedals are um people who are into pedals whereas people who are into TC electronic pedals. They just need a reverb. They need a reverb, and yeah. oh, I don't want to buy another Boss pedal. Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, is is generally how Fools. is it? Well, <laughs> but that would be you know that would be the conversation that I, that I would have every day in the guitar shop. Yeah, is I just I want to get something. I want to get a pedal from a different company. I've got loads of electronics. Got loads of C- Boss. Completely. Can I get? I want to get something else. Yeah, it is, um, it is obviously in reaction to how good the RV six was by boss because that yeah, was the yeah. one thing that the rv6 had over it but it'd be interesting to see how the two stack up uh, indeed indeed chaps we're at a crossroads we've got four minutes left of this podcast oh wow we can either do there's loads more news or we could do a question well, let's, let's take a question because i think all the other news let we let's just read off the other news so well, people are or we aware could just do it. it next week because uh, you but know then what happens if there's loads of news next week if you know what it's like at the moment it's a bit of a desert in between winter uh, and summer uh, now so having an o- a cup overflowing with news okay. is not a bad thing also Matt I think you need to take one for the team here mate and not do anything interesting this week you've been doing too much interesting stuff and we okay. haven't been able to get to the news there was news even more enough. stuff I didn't even talk about mate, but maybe, we, I, maybe I'll do a little video forget instead. about it you're doing too much interesting stuff and it's you're not letting us get to the news quick I'm, enough. I'm too much of a guitar nerd. <laughs> problematic. Let's dive headfirst into a whole big bowl of one question. It's a simple one. Aaron says, what is the Baja Telly of the offset world? I thought this was a... Uh, Joe, Brad, uh, for, the, for listeners that didn't quite catch that, Joe just gave off a uh, sound of utter disdain. Huh? He gave off. Gave off a sound of utter <laughs> disdain. Um, I thought this was really interesting because um, Aaron then like clarified what 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 they meant later in the in this thread. It isn't like what's the equivalent in price. It's what's the guitar that really stands out across, like you know, at any price point. At any price point, which is the guitar that stands what's the out? One? Yeah. I think that's really interesting because, like, I guess with Fender offsets at the moment, there's, you know, there's so many models out there at the moment, way more than there there were, you know, five years ago or whatever. Yeah. And I think there's loads and loads of cool stuff. What are we saying? Well, it's obviously the Johnny Marr Jaguar. I'm not sure it is. Yeah, but part of the Baja is the fact it's so affordable. Yeah. So I think there almost mm. has to be a price point. I don't off. think there necessarily has to be a price point, but I think it you have to... 
you have to factor in the value. I think you do. And I think once you do that, the answer is plain and clear. And it's the Jay Maskis. Oh, I think you might be it, right. It's... Mm. Oh, I'm not sure though because the Jay Mascus is good but the Jay Mascus is good for its money whereas the Baja is good dis- like it doesn't matter if they if they said the Baja was 1500 quid we'd still be going the Baja's That's a, good a guitar. great guitar completely and I, I do agree with you but I also think that the Jay Mascus is a great guitar do you? Does I it, do think it's I a think great it's, guitar and I'm not a huge fan and I say that as someone who isn't a huge fan of Jazz Masters right. would it, I think the key thing is would you play it above the um, series above it so I'd probably pay a Baja over an American special telly for example okay, I, yeah. I might even play it over an American professional telly I, I, yeah. I agree would I you agree play a Jay Mascus Jazzmaster over, over the Mexican equivalent the, well, the, there's, so there's the classic because there's a whole load of offsets that come out yeah. at the start of this year but I guess the closest that you've got is the classic player and then there's also the classic series the classic player being the more sort of I like weirdly the more sort of modern style one and then there's the classic series which is you, you can get with like the nitro finish and that yeah for, uh, for listeners who think... aren't aware the Jay Mascus uh, Jazzmaster is a squire I don't yeah. know if we mentioned we that. didn't mention what's it, the no. price point um, looks like they're about £480 wow that's right. a lot of money now yeah um, I mean the classic series I think uh, I think they've gone up as well That when I was at, when I was at last at GAC so what two years ago they were you know I don't know I think they were like 700 quid and I think they're now like 900 quid or yeah, something yeah. like that and those ni- but then the difference is is the, fin- the the step above has got a nitro finish yeah so immediately that's like a much better feeling guitar so yeah I think it's a good point it's a very interesting point is you know would you play it above that I don't know can mm. I throw something out there that starts at I think they start at around a hundred pounds more than the Jay Maskis. Right, Reverend. They're yeah, basically no. all yeah, offset. Yeah. Oh, I thought we had to be, talk about Fender. No, no, well, I mean, possibly, but you know, he's talking. He says the offset world, mm. and I'm saying Reverend offset bodies. Yeah, you know, they're made. Um, they're in all eight hundred quid. Really yeah. prestigious Korean factory. They're not all eight hundred quid. They do some cheaper stuff as well. So they're, you know, they're not. I think they start maybe six. Seven, I think they start so, at six nine nine. Yeah, I think they do as well. So not you know a couple hundred quid more than the Jay Mascus, but the setup on them is we've talked about it so many times. Yeah. The setup on them, I'd probably play one of those over an American professional jazz master. I'd pre- I'd prefer how they're built because you know they're hardtail rather than have the jazz master trim. Mm. Um, I prefer the pickups that are in there to jazz master pickup. They do loads of different types. It you could basically get. I forget what the name was of the one I was looking at the other day, but it's basically a really good yeah, telly. The, um, um, the, the Charger? No. That's the, that's the dual the, humbucker isn't one. is the, the B-bomb or something like that? They do one with a telly pickup in the bridge and a humbucker in the neck. That's uh, the Buckshot, buckshot which is like shot. TV Jones style B-bomb, pickup. I mean, that's 650 quid. <laughs> yeah, it's 650 quid. That's ridiculous. So, yes. like, you know, less than a couple of hundred quid more than the J Mascus. And... They're, they play so well. Yeah, they are. Really I, for good. me, that fits the bill. I mean, it's not very jazz mastery, um, but well, it I mean, is an offset. The, that wasn't the question. Mm-hmm. It, it is an offset. No, I guess. I guess you're kind of right if we go outside of Fender. But you then, know, you know, if you um, go, on, Matt. Sorry, I was going to say they they do the. Um, I think there's a particular model with a trem which is seven hundred and fifty quid. So if you really wanted to go jazz mastery. 
I can't remember what it's called, but they definitely do one with a really cool like trem system on it as well. So you get the kind of jazz master trem. Yeah, yeah. I mean the double agent. I think maybe it's the double agent. Yeah, the double agent, which has got a P90 in the neck and a humbucker in the bridge, comes with a trem system, three controls, rosewood neck. 699 I mean that's probably as close as you're going to get I would have thought and they've all got that bass control on there so you can roll off basically all the bass so if you want something mega jangly like a jazz master it will totally do that yeah I, I really like to try buckshot I, I I just as I said during the gear of the year don't, down, don't like the body shape I just I couldn't I couldn't get on with it and I, I really like I didn't I didn't feel why you guys were so bananas about the, it the, the, the quality of the setup and the yeah. build but is like, unbelievable you can, you can do that you can go you can go and get your guitar set up and pay yeah, 100 quid for it it's not about that though it's like in terms of the quality of the finish on the neck yeah the, um, f- like, I, I just I, I, it just didn't click with me oh that's so good but I've you know I, like I've heard so many people talk about the like how much they love the reference I, it just that Billy Sheen I just I think it was Billy the wrong she- one for you Billy to start she- on the Billy Sheen <laughs> Well, where did that come from? Was that just so you could drop it in? <laughs> yeah, we haven't said it for a while. <laughs> old, take a drink. The old Billy Shorgan. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, it just didn't click with me. I'm going to see if I can get a buckshot and I'm going to convince yeah. you. Okay. Do you, do you know, they, they're having this weird surge in like in the math area. They're, like, they're sponsoring. I've noticed it. A couple of bands I follow on Instagram. They're all playing yeah, reference. But I think that they seem to have an, an, a really good arm for endorsements at the moment. Yeah. They, they did a, a, um, a band called Dialects like uh, about a year ago. They were probably the first two, but I just noticed that they've made something for Broken Oak Duet. Another, they've made like a baritone for right. Broken Oak Duet. And so, yeah, I think they're very up for working with artists yeah. and stuff. I, so. From what I've heard, they're, they're basically they've got in contact with every good math band and every every, every everyone, re- everyone who's sort of respected yeah yeah everyone who's not seen as a complete and utter joke all of those um, you know all these um, yeah. all these bands that don't need to like go out and beg for people to help power their records you know they just like have got a record deal. yeah they're just um, yeah you know people who would just oh, put out a record okay, they wouldn't go okay. on Kickstarter or GoFundMe or whatever Mark, it is Mark I'm pretty sure the podcast run out of for time for you to give yeah. them money for a record oh great Joe, aren't you doing a some sort of crowdfunding yeah. for your new record? Yeah, we, we haven't started about it that. yet. But yeah. the thing, the thing podcast. is, if, if Reverend, if you are listening, um, you don't need to worry about Polymath because Joe, Joe never needs he never another needs to buy base. another gigging base again. So um, Polymath is sorted, and Tim's left-handed. Um, they actually do a great so, left-handed. So, you know, at it they basically do all their models left-handed. But, no, but. but do sponsor Tim because he's a really <laughs> thoroughly nice guy, and and actually, it would be good to show off. That there are because I didn't realise that there were so many left-handed guitars. But one thing I would definitely say is Joe Branton will ne- he'll never need another gig bass again. Need another gig bass. Forget about that. Anyway, with that we should wrap this podcast up. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear more, we are going now to record. Uh, a half an hour Patreon, Patreon. special um, we put it out to a vote and you guys told us you wanted to hear us talk about the future of gear demos I'm quite into this patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds whereas we're from as little as one dollar a month you can uh, help support the podcast at one dollar you get the regular podcast ad free and early at five dollars you get uh, the regular podcast ad free and early plus you get an extra half an hour of guitar nerds content every single week plus Plus, you get access to the mini-series like Joe Branton's Ranton and Gear of Yesteryear, which we are going to be recording in, what, 
three, four weeks, something like that. We think oh, we're going to so start doing we it. We saw some great stuff. We were flicking through the magazines earlier. Yeah. What was that guitar? The Lag. La- Large. How do you Large. not know? Large. I've never heard of them. Yeah. Well, there'll be all stuff to talk about. We've got every, what, January and December issue to, yeah. talk, to look at. Yeah, so, since like 2000. Yeah. So we're going to do that. That's going to be a series where we talk about um, some previous years, gear of the years. Um, and you also get all the interviews that we're doing. Just put one up with uh, Matt from Mattaverse, I yeah. think. Is that the one that just went up? Yeah. Good. Um, so, yeah, you go and listen to that, as well as about 80 or 90 hours of other stuff. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. You can also join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum, where you can submit questions uh, and you can also participate in the Patreon poll every week. Um, and you can also follow us to, uh, at guitar nerds on Twitter and Instagram. Do also go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos. That's your lot for this week. We will see you same time, same place. Hang on. You haven't read out the. Uh... Oh, we haven't read out the Patreon back because we didn't do the top tier. We didn't talk about the top tier. Top tier of Patreon. Tell I us ten dollars. What's happening to you? Oh no! I, I was I was just about so to say professional. I was just about to say that you were going on a really good run there. I thought you'd done. You'd hit all the bases. There was a couple of stumbles, but I wasn't going to bring them up. But you know, now that there's this big stumble, I I will say that you did stumble over a couple of words, and it wasn't quite the level of professionalism that we are used to. But it was no. it was pretty good. You're sacked. You're sacked. I'm going to do this myself. You. Thanks to ten dollars a month gets you access to being having your name read out on the podcast. Just being having your name. Having your name read out. You're sacked. You're sacked. Thank you, you Derek you know Rich, you Chris out, Connors, Andy Joyce, Steve Merkel, Blair Toms, Carlos Mancha, Andrew Macro, Mark Moss, <laughs> JD Short, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Paul Corrigan, Jack Godfroy, Will Clare, Scott O'Brien, Matt Quine, Phil Tomsett, Laurie Anstis, Moog Gravit, Colin Anderson. I'm doing the Patreon on my own. See you next week. Bye bye. Say those words again now. That bass is absolutely perfect. I never need to buy anything else again. Someone make a really crude backing track in Garage Band, like a really bad acapella drum beat type thing, and just loop that over and over. That bass. That bass. That bass. That bass is absolutely perfect. That bass is absolutely perfect. That bass is absolutely perfect. I never need to buy anything else again. That bass is absolutely perfect. That bass is absolutely perfect. That bass is absolutely perfect. I never need to buy anything else again. That bass. That bass. That bass. That bass.